Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Thank you for joining us as we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. What's it going on? And a man who was just inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame, Mr. Bob Leahy. What's up, fellas? <laughs> wow. I didn't know we had, uh, like, broadcasting royalty here, but... I put in mm. my time, you know? Well, we'd like to thank you for joining us as we uh, review Chuck Norris's nostalgic trip into Old West. Uh, today, we're going to be recapping and reviewing uh, part two of Last of a Breed, season six, episode seven here. This is where... Uh, Chuck Norris basically plays dress up in the old West. It's really fun. Or is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to dive into that pretty soon. But before we grab our ancient computers and crystallize every single photo we can into a (laughs) horrifyingly unrealistic sepia tone monster. (laughs) Join us as we pull up a stool at CD's bar and grill. Fancy meeting you guys here. This thing's getting pretty regular again. It's a little scary. I know. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of oats. What? Oh, jeez. Who's the dad on this Zoom? <laughs> that's great. I would say that that's um, <laughs> extremely grown worthy, but perhaps even more grown worthy is the description of this week's beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not to be outdone by the evil deeds of Rudd Kilgore. From last week's episode, um, CD has procured us a Bjorn Sinner IPA from Branch and Blade Brewing Company in scenic Keene, New Hampshire. Mm, that's right. And he truly was a born sinner, that Rudd Kilgore. Absolutely. I mean, that's not a hero's name. Just put it no, that way. No, expertly done by Marshall Teague. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think uh, Rudd's name is short for? Probably Rudker. Rudiger, yeah, Rudiger. I bet it's Rudy, and that's why he had to be so tough. And he changed his last name to Kilgore. Well, yeah, duh. What does the brewery have to say about this in the barn grill menu, man? We've got wood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Oak? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fo- foders? Feeders? It's it could just be oak feeders. Foders, that is. We swelled our conical folder for a couple <laughs> weeks, then used that oak-aged water for this brew. We followed our tried and true-born sinner recipe, then fermented inside the folder with a Norwegian kvik from our good friend Justin at Maniacal Yeast in Maine. The end uh. result is a juicy <laughs> batch of Bjorn Sinner with a solid oak and vanilla presence mm. from the oak fermentation and aged water uh you guys ready to crack this open and drink some <laughs> aged water aged it sounds water. like it was like they put pieces of wood in water <laughs> and let them soak and then they contacted a guy named justin at maniacal yeast we're gonna drink that one of my favorite things about the great state of maine is driving through any road there any small business could have a pun based off of the state name Maine in it. And in this case, this might be the best one I've ever seen, which instead of maniacal, it's Maine-iacal. Oh, I didn't even like catch that. Yeah, yeah, wow. Okay. Spell check right. did. Wow. So, so let's crack these bad boys open. Yeah, let's do it. 
Something smells ridiculously fruity. The last bit of the pour is going to be pretty chunky. Ooh. Oh, you guys already poured it anyway. So, all right. Well, you'll find out. I also just looked it up. That word is pronounced fooder. The oak fooder. Yeah. In its simplest form <laughs> is a large barrel. Man, we'll add that to my glossary of elitist beer jargon. What do you guys think about this beer? Is it a saint or a sinner? That's ah, much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's like a really complex IPA. Yeah. It's almost smoky, almost spicy. It's got that bitterness right at the end, but hmm. Yeah, if if they didn't say that they had aged water in it, I'd feel better about the aftertaste. Yeah. But now I'm just thinking like there's something kind of musty and weird that I just drank. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of dig it. I, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, it's so good. I might do bad things. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad we're doing this over Zoom then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's getting a little hot in here. I think I can turn. Oh, no. I think I can. Yeah, I can turn off Adam's video. <laughs> well, being that you know the spear was from New Hampshire, and Bob, you're from New Hampshire, right? That's true. Um, now, what what state facts can you tell us about New Hampshire? What is the? Yeah, sell us on it, man. Really sell yeah. us. What's what's the state motto? Live free or die. Okay. What's okay. the? Uh, a moniker of the state. Oh, the Granite State. There you go. Okay. Um, what is the state bird? Uh, the Purple Finch. And what is the state tree? White Birch. Wow. I'm not 100% on that, but I, I think it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it. Yeah, I, I, said, it, I said it with enthusiasm. There's <laughs> some serious conviction there. Well, Bob... You know, this beer, being from Keene, New Hampshire, this just seemed right to dig into this headline here. Um, On the HuffingtonPost.com, the headline is, The Price is Wrong for This Contestant on The Price is Right. And let's open up that article here, and uh, I'm just going to play you guys this video real quick. So the headline (laughs) is, Massachusetts Woman Wins Trip to New Hampshire on The Price is Right. Seven thousand six ninety-six. Let's send her to New Hampshire. Light it up. Wait, she knows that she's going to New Hampshire. Oh, for a Marshfield woman, the Price was right, but the prize was all wrong. She looks excited. And all contestants on the Price is Right. She was dreaming big about winning. But when she did win, the Marshfield <laughs> woman's prize was not exactly what she expected. WBZ's Paula Evans spoke with her today, and Paula, she really is being a good sport about all this. Oh, David, Catherine Graham is such Shots a fired, good sport, Bob. and just laughed through this whole talk about how she traveled. If she was from California like California, she'd be pumped. And to be on the right. Price is Right in the episode, she still is pumped. On February first, you see well, for the cameras bidding time after time throughout no, the these show. These people are authentic. Success, <laughs> but then on the last chance to bid, she was the closest and got her turn to win one of the big prizes. I want to know what is a big side. New Hampshire vacation look like? Was used to <laughs> I know. Well, you can tell us. Reveal the prize, and she did it. And her big you can go hiking in the White Mountains. You can stay in a tent. Sure. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> a big destination people here in Massachusetts dream about. goes, oh, that's great. Congratulations. New Hampshire's beautiful. And I go, Joe, I live in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. 
We all yeah. love New Hampshire. There is oh, nothing absolutely. wrong with New Hampshire. I've been there a million times. Yeah, that's also true. Tahiti or someplace. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, Bora Bora, someplace. Someplace warmer and more than an hour's drive away. Yeah, cruise around the world, maybe, you know. <laughs> and get this, the trip includes round-trip airfare <laughs> from Los Angeles <laughs> to New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> And also won $1,000 for spinning $1 on the big wheel. They're oh, she did it all. It doesn't say where go, they sent you know, her. Six like. hours the other direction and go to Hawaii. I know, that'd be good. Uh, Maybe Drew Carey could work that out for her. Yeah. That is a Doubt it. story, and we should say it again, how much we love New Hampshire, and I'm yes, sure she does as well. Absolutely. Congratulations By the way, to Catherine. as we're headed to weather, yeah. little side note, Zach Green, our meteorologist, was on The prices Right and won a car. That's right. What? Fun fact. A big, wow. a big prize. He drove it to New Hampshire. So he could drive to New Hampshire. He could, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> they could drive together. Oh, great. Now, Bob, uh, how do you feel about the condescending tone they're taking about New Hampshire here? They're well, all they're, like, they're, they're like, careful. we love New Hampshire. Yeah, it's careful. fantastic. A lot of people in Southern New Hampshire probably watch that newscast, so they're being very, very careful about. You know, they're treading lightly. Yeah, but Lisa I mean, Hughes is going to get some death threats. Yeah. <laughs> So they, they're kind of pandering to both sides here. I mean, they're saying, oh, if you're in Massachusetts and want a trip to New Hampshire, a five-day trip to New Hampshire, what a waste. That's what that's the takeaway here, Bob. I'm telling you, on the weekends, what do you think? on the weekends, 93 and 495 up to New Hampshire, they're just backed up all summer long, all right? And most Excellent. people are going up there to get smokes and cheap beer and cheap booze. <laughs> And a lot of them are going to Maine, too, I think. But regardless, <laughs> uh, it's a destination. It's a destination. You know, you could do some tubing down the river. The water temperature is about 40 degrees. <laughs> it's a little brisk. Yeah. <laughs> they have skiing, right? They do have skiing. Yeah, they're skiing in Asia. Yeah. And, uh, you can, okay. You can okay. drive up Mount Washington, you know, on the toll road. Before we dig into the episode here, if you guys are at all interested in helping out the podcast here, one way to do so is writing us a review on itunes uh apparently it helps not uh, itunes anymore there's no such thing it's uh, called the apple podcast yeah so okay Jeez, well, man. Uh, <laughs> what is itunes is, is that what you it's that what you use to integrate with your ipod nano right you you download mm. the songs from limewire right and then you crash your parents computer Okay, I'm going to scratch you all do this it. stuff. Now, now, <laughs> right. now, can you play that on your Game Boy? Or? It only works on a Zune. only <laughs> works on a Zune. <laughs> we implore people to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, wherever they get their podcasts, because um, it really helps out. I don't know. There's some sort of algorithms. The internet works in mysterious ways. And we just want to thank people for giving us some good reviews. Yeah. And uh, if you leave one, you might hear us read it out here on the podcast. Currently, we have two reviews, and we've been doing this for two years. So <laughs> one, um, one a year. It's not bad. And honestly, I want bad reviews on there, too. If you hate this podcast, I want a bad review. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, right now, we're a five-star. We have a five-star rating. Only two that, written reviews, but that's five. Just, that's just impossible. That's not, that's not correct. Yeah. yeah. People aren't yeah. being honest. We need some constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's true. And and honestly, if we want to keep up the current rate we're getting reviews at, we got one in 2020 and one in 2021. So please, uh, maybe you could be the one person to review us in 2022. Yeah. It's a great honor. To start things off here, 
we're going to read the two reviews we have. The first one is from October 20th, 2020, and it just says, awesome recap. Thank you. Thank you, screen name RJNC00. You don't even need to leave text on there because actually nine people did rate it five stars, but we only have two written reviews. If you just want to go put one star or five stars up there, you can do that too. But preferably you leave us some critique and tell us what we're doing wrong. Can I review it? We no, we don't want to do it ourselves. I'll just, I'll just leave. Bob, one this real is quick. like you leaving a comment on our website. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know we, oh, we yeah, can't do about that. that. We we don't want to do that. You know, just for the record, no one has left a comment on our website <laughs> yet, so I have not put up my tiered list of Santana records. <laughs> Which honestly, I got into like the eighties, and at that point, I just shut it off. That's probably for the best. <laughs> this review comes from Mondo. Don't text. I think that's a. Uh, reference to machete mm-hmm. so some good content on one of the best tv shows of all time as someone who has covered wtr on my own podcast i'm glad to see another podcast showing the same love shout out to mondo and the talented slackers podcast uh they're awesome go check them out thank you guys for the support and uh spreading the word if you'd like to hear your review right up here get it up there we'll read it next time we meet here uh before we head out We'd like to give a shout out to John from Wilsonville, Alabama. John helped us out by purchasing a Chuck Norris Kenner action figure. Yeah, he he picked up an action figure on our website. Fantastic. John, if you're listening, thank you very much. You helped keep the podcast running. Yeah, I mean, Mm. he paid for a whole month of hosting the podcast uh, by purchasing that action figure. And he's got something to put on his bookshelf. He does. Do you think he puts it on his bookshelf or do you think he puts it on his nightstand? What would you guys do? Neither. Hood ornament. Ooh, oh, wow. There. Get a, get the hot glue gun out and just Adam, get you're saying, on the hood. You're saying you wanted the Dodge Ram hood ornament. Maybe this would be even better. It definitely. That's you could write true, it off. Yeah. Write it off. <laughs> Here's one of the problems uh, with picking up these vintage uh, action <laughs> figures and then uh, cleaning them and reselling them with action figure stand and sticker. I've got multiple Chuck Norrises that are like stunt doubles because their legs are broken. They can't even stand up Hmm. or the spring is broken and the spring action kick. And I'm not going to resell those to fans of Roundhouse Roulette. So I've got a few burner Chuck Norris action (laughs) figures that I could glue to the hood of my car. That's true. And then if someone did steal them, which they will, it wouldn't be the end of the world. (laughs) All right. Well, we got a lot to cover this week. If you don't want any spoilers at home, Hit that pause button and watch Season 6, Episode 7, Last of a Breed, Part 2, and come right on back to us. Welcome back. This episode originally aired on November 8th, 1997. That's one week after Part 1. So people had to wait a week to see the thrilling conclusion of this two-part series. And uh, this puppy opens up on a uh, previously on Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm. (laughs) Are all the recaps this long? This seemed really long to me. That's probably because the last episode was so bad. (laughs) But there were like very specific details that didn't matter. You know, normally when you see previously on, they'll take plot points that were actually important. This is like whole like lines that just. Sorry, man. Sorry, didn't dig it. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> we've seen other recaps that were better than the episode that followed. 
Uh, that's true. That is true. This was not one of those, no. but we did no. get caught up on the action. So, so what was this uh, recap real quick for listeners? If they, for whatever reason, didn't listen to last of a breed part one and just wanted to get the whole thing over in one podcast. What wow. happened in that last episode that was in this recap? Basically Walker, he takes a bunch of kids on a field trip to the Texas Ranger hall of fame and museum. Right. And they have the still of the museum. It looks like a library, but Walker's truck is strategically parked in a non-parking spot right next to the sign. Here's the question. Do you think he brought all 12 children in the bed of his truck? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He, he Possibly he did. He but I know like, they definitely parked his truck like <laughs> there to show off the Dodge because it's like, well... This is a flashback episode. We got to get the Dodge in there somehow. It looks illegally parked. It, it doesn't <laughs> look real. Yeah. But you're not going to tell, you know, Walker, hey, man, you got to move your truck, man. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, it's untowable. Anyways, it's like uh, it's like Mjolnir. Only he can drive it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Recap is Walker takes a bunch of kids to the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum. Check. In the process, he tells the story of Hayes Cooper, who is a historic Texas Ranger in the Hall of Fame and who also <laughs> happens to be played by Chuck Norris in the Old West. <laughs> Hayes Cooper rolls into town as a bounty hunter, gets turned into an honest man because he meets a nice family who ends up getting killed by a land baron who wants their land, and uh, he swears vengeance upon these people. Done. End of recap. Done. Yep. Excellent. Nice. All right. (laughs) Majestically done. Torturous. We might add that we we really only get to see the bad guy at the end of the episode, Rudd Kilgore, portrayed by Marshall Teague, uh, and his henchman, portrayed by Wayne Perret. Yeah. So, But we get a lot more of them in this uh, second half. So, after the recap... They don't even play a theme song yet, right? Yeah, this is for still. No. Yeah. Walker's doing voiceovers as he narrates Hayes Cooper's journal. And uh, the journal, Walker just pulled off the wall at this museum. Like It, it seems like that document should be protected in some way, mm. not just open for leaving yeah, it through. It was like an ancient document, an ancient <laughs> right. journal. from. And you know. uh, not only did the journal have... Lots of texts that really, really set the stage and uh, told us every detail of everything. But also, any details that weren't told in words, Hayes Cooper was quite the illustrator. Yeah, as we learned in the last episode, he was actually doing, like, illustrations. And his journal is littered with these illustrations of his own origin story. And they're often illustrations of himself, which it's not exactly clear (laughs) how he gets those, but, you know... That's cool. <laughs> the illustrations in this episode in particular are are basically they use the crystallize function on some ancient computer program to make a photograph look like a black and white drawing. They use it for transitions in this, but when they transition back to Walker reading the journal, you see a still image of him holding the journal and then the superimposed like grainy crystallized image really awkwardly like stamped onto it Mm. yeah which i'm sure back in those days that was something that took a lot of time and was really hard to do but nowadays it just looks it looks really bad yeah it's silly it really is (laughs) anyways 
Hayes Cooper and his fiance are mourning the death of the Wilson family. You hear the voiceover Walker say, Hayes Cooper, he would often say he died that day. And God helped the people he took to hell with him. <laughs> and we're like, okay, finally we get some action here. Because really, Hayes Cooper didn't really do anything last episode. He fell in love, but uh, his fist, you know, didn't really fall into the right place. You know what I'm saying? Not so much. Well, yeah, he really gets back into action by paying the undertaker to bury his friends. His fiance Sarah, is watching and being like, something's changed. A switch has been flipped after they both found their friends dead. And he might not be the same person anymore. And he's just watching him ride off on a horse. And he rides back to the Wilson's house. And this was so weird. <laughs> so weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> in the last episode, we see him take his gun and put it into a chest at the foot of a bed and his buckskin shirt. He's done with the bounty hunter ways. All right. You know, he's going to settle down. And you hear Sarah say, and where do you put your heart, Cooper? Oh, yeah. But yeah, before he rides off and he decides to ride off to get his buckskin suit and gun. And you're like, well, I guess that's where he puts his heart. I think you hear her voiceover again say, and where do you put your heart, Hayes Cooper? And he just picks up a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, so good. Did you guys notice the very uplifting music playing during this scene, too? It's like... Oh, yeah. yeah I was blown <laughs> I away. I was blown away by the music in this episode. It's like a real movie score. It, it was. It was like an Old West uh, like orchestration. They really went all out on this one. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, this is season six, so they're way into midi and all the other ones like digital music but this is where they spent the budget or they just you know they used pre-recorded western music which is probably readily available it's it sounded a lot there were certain parts that sounded just like the lord of the rings i don't know if that you guys picked up on that too it was like no 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 there was a certain thing that just kept us uh well it's like the old west kind of uh kind of things yeah yeah i mean they had how many decades of western and their music to steal right like five <laughs> yeah so rug kilgore who killed the wilson family in the last episode and is the big bad of this episode and was hired by the town's mortgage broker silas Badeau. yeah silas Badeau, to run them out so that they could build the railroad on their land he has skipped town but some of his lackeys are still in town at the bar and hayes cooper goes in to confront them now those lackeys I don't know if you noticed, Ace Cooper refers to them as long coats. Mm, yes, that's the I term, love. long coat. Yeah, they're all because they all have <laughs> sweet dusters. That's because he's in his skin tight buckskin suit. And bad guys wear long coats. Huh. They're Apparently. like the trench coat mafia. Well, he's <laughs> exactly. he's asking them where uh, where Kilgore is, and uh, they're not telling him. So mm. he basically shoots both of them down, and then steps out of the saloon. Right, and we might add that in the last episode, he was a lot more of a gentle bounty hunter. He didn't kill anybody with a gun, but this Hayes Cooper, he's had friends who were killed. He's bringing that death tally to the other side. Mm. Yeah, you could tell he's back in his game, too, because when he twirls the gun, there's a sound effect. <laughs> so, before he puts it back in his holster. Yep. Tasty. Yep. That was epic. Then he goes to the mercantile, which is owned by his fiance. 
who he met in the last episode and proposed to. Uh, and he goes there to visit her before he leaves town. And he just stands there silently, which is, you know, that's Chuck Norris's MO. Yep. Uh, and he just stands there silently. And she's like, I reckon you're just uh, not going to settle down. And I, I'm not going to be able to convince you otherwise. And he was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. Yeah. To which I would say, why? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? Like, they literally said in the last episode, that was the greatest day of his life when he proposed to her. They own the property, right? Yeah, they just inherited the entire farm. He bought the damn thing. He bought yeah. the farm. So, he could have just, you know, there could have been an awesome last stand on that land if he had to protect it and did, like, a Home Alone Western style. That would have been sick. Joe Pesci. All uh, the siege. Yeah, yeah. but we, we did, that's not what we got. But, uh, no. No, he's like, oh, I've got to avenge the Wilson's death and not love you anymore, essentially. Mm. So he's about to try to leave town, and uh, he gets intercepted by a Texas Ranger who wants to bring him in because, you know, he just shot two people in the town saloon. So, you know, you you can't really do that without drawing some attention to yourself. Right. Uh, So this Texas Ranger's like, look, man, I got to arrest you until I figure out what the hell just happened. And Cooper's all like, you're Cabe Wallace, right? And he's like, you bet I am. He's like, well, I know better than to draw down against you. So I guess I'm going to the jail cell. So Hayes Cooper is in a jail cell. And we're like, this is really odd. (laughs) It's kind of like, what is a sign of respect, right? To this other guy. He's obviously a pretty good shot. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically while he's in his jail cell, they do their detective work, which is basically just going to Cooper's fiance and asking what happened, to which she'd say he's innocent, and they they just let him go. Like, okay. Yeah, cool. Right, because, yeah, your, your fiance wouldn't lie for you. Yeah. And Wallace is like, hey, man, now, you're about to go hunt down Rudd Kilgore. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> this yeah. might be so, my favorite part of this episode. So right? uh, if you're if you're just going to be going and hunting down Ruddy Kilgore, might as well do it wearing this. Wham! Throws down Texas Ranger badge onto the desk. Can you describe the shot of the Texas Ranger badge that he throws down on, <laughs> onto the desk? It looks like it's made out of like an old school quarter or something. <laughs> it's it was like thick. The, it was yeah, heavy, right? Chunky. There's a sound effect when it hits the table, yeah. Do you think he always carries around a spare badge just in case he needs to hire somebody? Definitely. Mm. He's got a few of them. Yeah, he actually, this is not like a really special thing. He does it like all the time. Yeah, he's got If you looked at it, it actually says Junior Texas Ranger. Whoa. It's for the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Hayes Cooper's like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And Cabe's like, Pays a dollar a day and you buy your own bullets. Upon receiving his sick Texas Ranger badge, he uh, hops out of his jail cell and he rides off into the sunset, leaving his fiance crushed behind. Yeah, in her, the whole episode, uh, his fiance Sarah is literally all she is tasked with doing is like peering around the corner of her shop and looking like she's about to sob. <laughs> I mean, and she does it expertly. So, oh yeah. So Cooper's uh, tracking Kilgore, 
and he's basically following this trail of destruction that Kilgore and his men are leaving behind. They essentially are just like, he followed the dead bodies. There's enough dead bodies that he's able to follow a trail. That's a lot of killing, right? It's Kilgore, man. That's his <laughs> MO. That's in his name. <laughs> so, in the process, uh, Rudd Kilgore and his men, we see them take over a town called Ransom. And there are a couple of scruffs that have kind of made Ransom their home and their own turf. And uh, they're not feeling too happy about Kilgore coming in and saying it's his town. And the one leader of the people who are there already... He has a little bit of a drawdown with Kilgore. Adam's mimicking uh, Kilgore's <laughs> patented draw style, pre-draw <laughs> taps the technique, handle. which is basically he's a he's a he's a uh, uh, what would you call it? a cross draw? Is that the term? Where yeah. his gun is on his left hip, but he grabs it with his right hand, and uh, he taps the handle of his gun with his fingers <laughs> as he's waiting for the other guy to make his move. <laughs> and uh, Wayne Perret's character, who's like total scruff, drunk, like crazy dude. And he's like essentially the main henchman for Kilgore. Oh, yeah. He's the wild totally. card. He's, he, he's the Iago to Kilgore's Jafar. And um, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, this guy's like, you know, he's a pretty tough guy. You know, he's a pretty good, uh, pretty good shot. Do you really want to do this? And Kilgore's like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot him. And he does. <laughs> Yeah, real quick. Yeah, and Marshall Teague's uh, Kilgore is, he's pretty badass, right? I he's mean, pretty menacing. Yeah. He takes out a lot of guys that look like they were in like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah, he, he really makes short work of these guys, and it kind of proves, oh, well, Kilgore, he's a really good shot, so whoever goes up against him is going to have a tough time. Definitely. I wonder who will go up against him. Yeah. Good question. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> in his trailing of Kilgore, Hayes Cooper encounters some dead Native Americans, and he basically sees a need for them to be buried properly. So he decides to give them a proper burial and respect. Right. And on a hill, like watching him do this, it's like the silhouette of a Native American with like a rifle. And you're like, is he going to take out? Hayes Cooper, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, he doesn't. He just kind of goes away and just kind of observes Chuck Norris. It looked like he was doing a Native American burial. Chuck Norris's character put feathers on the graves and stuff, right? Mm. Yeah, those are legit um, golden eagle tail feathers. So there you go. I was waiting for Hayes Cooper to be part Native American, but they never address that in this episode. I'm sure they will when we see Hayes Cooper again. <laughs> I mean, he's wearing buckskin and he's doing Native American ceremony. Anyway, okay. So what happens is Hayes Cooper goes to some random town and shoots one of Kilgore's men and then talks to a guy who is a native there and he's like, oh, they're in Ransom. So that's how he knows that they're in the town Ransom. So we flash to Ransom. Kilgore has now taken over with this gang and the whole gang is just getting wasted in this bar. Kilgore is just sitting in the center table like a boss hoss, and Hayes Cooper busts in with like a mini rifle. What, what does he have for a gun? It's like a. Oh, is that, is that, it's a Winchester, right? The old, old school, yep. uh, rapid multi loading uh, <laughs> rifle. Yeah. The yeah. Gu the gun that won the West, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. There's like tons of guys in here, though, with guns drawn on his Cooper. But Cooper, he's got Kilgore in his sights. He's like, you guys can try to shoot me, but Kilgore's gone if you do. Let's just say his negotiation tactics are very similar to Walker's. Kilgore's like, you're in quite a predicament here, Ranger. And then his Cooper fires two shots and takes out the beer bottles on the table, but misses Kilgore. Next one's between your eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Excellent one-liner. And uh, Kilgore's like, well, I guess he means business, boys. Put your guns on the ground. So all of his men start doing that. But there's one straggler from outside who catches Hayes Cooper by surprise, fires a shot, and then everyone picks up their guns and starts firing at Hayes Cooper. We have an old-fashioned Western shootout in the saloon, which is pretty great. Hayes Cooper jumps behind the bar for protection. He gets shot. Yeah, it takes one in the shoulder, I think. From Kilgore. Yep. He's able to to shoot down a bunch of Kilgore's men, but he realizes there's no way he can take them all out if he's got a bum shoulder. So he jumps through a window outside and then rides off on a horse into the Badlands, which they're like, well, should we go after him? And, uh, you know, there's a classic thing that's like, nah, man, he's just out in the Badlands now and he's wounded. Like, if the buzzards don't get him, the Comanches will. Nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, and does he pass out or something? What, what happens? Uh, we get to see him riding around on the horse and pretending to be dazed. It's very similar to the return of LaRue <laughs> uh, when he's been stung by a scorpion and he's kind of pretending to be dazed there as well. Both directed by Michael Priest, by the way. So, Well, yeah, most of them are. I mean, he probably employed the same technique. He was probably like, Chuck, look, um, just pretend like you're nodding off. Okay. <laughs> more yeah. more so than usual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he passes out, but he's actually rescued by the watchful eye from earlier, the chief of the local Comanche tribe. Case Cooper was like, what am I doing here? Yeah, it comes to, and then the Comanche introduces himself. And he actually, I was surprised, but he says, we don't like Texas Rangers because they force our people off our land for cattle operations, mm -hmm. which is true. So interesting that they acknowledge the checkered past of the yeah, Texas Rangers. Yeah. Actually, to be generous, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, interesting. Anyways, of course, Hayes Cooper. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, he helped bridge those divides. Meanwhile, one of Kilgore's men rides into town. And he's like, oh, we need it back in Buckthorn. There's something going down. And so they got to go back to Buckthorn, which is the name of the town that they moved on from. That's the town that has Silas Badeau running it now, basically. Who was the mortgage broker from the mm. previous episode. And we see a scene now. We go back to Buckthorn and the sheriff who kind of rolled over in the last episode and just let all this criminal activity happen under his watch is like, this is the last straw. And it's not exactly sure what the last straw is, but uh, it's pretty clear that uh, it has this, something to do with the Wilson family getting killed and then Silas Bedeau getting their land. Right, and he was kind of like an ineffective sheriff in the last episode. He's like, oh, I'm just going to let this stuff go, whatever. <laughs> mm. But now he's like, well, my people are dying and people are stealing other people's land. I guess this is the water bucket that broke the sheriff's back. The spittoon that broke the buffalo's back. The white buffalo's back. Yeah, okay. 
There it is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, anyways, he's walked through his last swinging doors because uh, he's basically like, you don't tell me what to do. I was elected by the town. And upon saying that, he's basically shot dead because Red Kilgore just came into town and shot him from like 30 yards. And as he's dying on the ground, Silas Bideau, in his weird, broken Irish slash Boston slash no accent, <laughs> is like, oh. well, I guess you just got unelected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to the old sheriff. Great line. Fantastic line. You really told him. The whole town is is watching this. There, Everyone in the town is <laughs> in the middle of this downtown where this just happened, the main drag. And Silas Bedeau's like, guess what? We're going to have an election for the new sheriff right now. Hmm. And uh, it's going to be Red Kilgore. <laughs> <laughs> and and initially, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of reluctance. Uh, one of the um, perhaps more wealthy people in the town is like, you know that dude's wanted. This isn't good. But then Kilgore shoots him dead. And uh, at that point, everyone's okay with Kilgore. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh sheriff. yeah, sure. He's a great, great, great sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> Kilgore for sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he wins easily. Just two shots fired. I do, okay. I want to point this out now. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of fanfare made about things being fair draws and things like that, where people are like, well, I guess we have to have a proper drawdown. We've got to, you know, oh, have this, this yeah. showdown and all this. When in reality, Kilgore just like shoots people down all the time. Why wouldn't someone in the town just shoot Kilgore? He only has draws with people that he respects as a challenge. He's crazy. Right, but the people in the town are being held hostage by a madman. Everyone in that town has a gun. You know that. So why doesn't someone just shoot Kilgore? Yeah, just shoot Problem him Problem solved. Whatever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He, but maybe they know that when Kilgore dies, he comes back worse. Ghost, maybe that is part of his legend. Core. Yeah. Yeah, he actually, this is the second incarnation of Kilgore, and he's even worse than the first. (laughs) That would explain it. Yeah, the only way you could truly kill him is during a proper shootout. Right. Right. I'm just saying, you know, there's all this fanfare made about being honorable, but he's just like ambushing people in broad daylight and just like shooting people out of nowhere. So I don't see why people feel the hesitation to, you know, shoot him, but just throwing it out there. Well, they have they have more higher morals than he does. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the old West man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they have to go to church, and Kilgore doesn't. Right. So you know, Kilgore is all like, "Well, I guess I'm the sheriff now, and uh, got some new taxes, and they're due today." And all my men, they're my deputies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so he sends them around to collect taxes. Like some mafia stuff going on. Here. He's gonna be the the sheriff of Nottingham, you know. He's power mad. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> he goes and uh, harasses Sarah as well at the mercantile. Oh, that is very seems menacing. Cringe, cringe worthy too. I mean, very cringe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he goes into Hayes Cooper's fiance's store. He's kind of like, "Hey, little lady, I've got something for you." Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> he's super gross. Kinda, she's like, "Get away from me! Get away from me!" He's like. I'll see you later. And then he kind of like creeps out the door. Super creep. Yep. He's like, I'll be back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was terrible. 
it forces Sarah to act, and she actually sends out a telegraph and calls in Cave Wallace. Hayes Cooper's boss. Yeah, the ranger. Yep, the ranger who made him a ranger, yeah. So yep. can we talk about Cave Wallace's walk, his stride? <laughs> it looked like he had trouble walking, right? You know, he may have been the quickest <laughs> yeah. draw in the West at some point in time, but he's maybe lost a step or two. Yeah, do you think this actor was acting... Like yeah. his his walk wasn't what it used to be, kind of thing. No, no, I think it's a strut. It's, he's yeah. got the gun. He's got to walk with like his arm out because it was like be a bow legged weird. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know. I think besides Wayne Perret and uh, Marshall Teague, I mean, this guy's performance was on was par good. with those yeah. two guys. <laughs> he's so, good. so, I mean, I, I bought into him. I I thought he was pretty awesome. Yeah, he definitely was the grizzled Texas Ranger that knew this might be his last draw. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically challenges Rudd Kilgore, and it, it is his last draw. He, he gets shot. <laughs> when he goes out, though, he says, he goes, time to end it. <laughs> Kilgore says something like, you're going to need an army to take me down. And he goes, I'm all the army I need. Which I was, oh, I did, I was kind of like, great. yes. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Like, that's that's the start of uh, One Riot, One Ranger. It's a one-man army right there. Rudd Kilgore, he earned his name. Mm-hmm. He's all about the sport of it, too. And Wayne Perret, his uh, left-hand man's like, man, that's that's Cape Wallace. He's really good. He's awesome. He once took out three people before they even got their guns. But, you know, Rudd Kilgore, he's not intimidated by this stuff. Yeah, again, there were like plenty of shots of him fingering the handle of his gun. We're going to have to put up a video of, of what he did here on this. I mean, it, this has got to be Maybe it's a gif. A gif. It's, it could a be gif-worthy. Gif yeah. It is gif-worthy. Yeah, it definitely is gif-worthy. <laughs> Anyways, you know, now it seems like all hope is lost because Cape Wallace just got shot down in the street. You know, he was kind of like their last hope. Yeah, he's a seasoned Texas Ranger renowned for his uh, drawdown skills and he just got wasted in the streets and they cut his trigger finger off too oh I yeah forgot about odd that. detail that was brutal yeah. that was, odd detail they, like yeah they send uh wayne Perez character over there with a like a bowie knife to like yeah. cut his trigger finger off who else would do it i mean he has the right now here's the job. here's the question <laughs> do you think wayne Perez came up with that little bit i hope so yeah. i think he did there were a couple things in this episode where he like looks at the camera almost like ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you gonna do with a guy's trigger finger it's like is it's it like a, a lucky rabbit's yeah. foot or something like yeah, that it's a trophy it's a trophy yeah you put it in a bottle of tequila to preserve it that's what most people do it's, yeah, it's normal yeah it's standard standard protocol um <laughs> here's the other thing I think they spent the typical, this is season six again, remember. They spent the typical budget for this episode on traveling to, um, where did Mignon say this was? Well, I was going to wait to mention this later, but Mignon, who was the script supervisor on Walker, Texas Ranger, who runs the Walker TX Ranger Picks Instagram account, actually has a lot of photos from this episode up. I'm not exactly sure where it was done. but So... Anyways, the the budget, I think, was spent on taking the whole production there. So they didn't blow anything up in these episodes. But also, I would say they spent a fair amount of the budget on squibs, which is not something I've seen in any other episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, right? Squibs? (laughs) So a squib is basically 
a mini explosive on someone's body that blows up and shoots out fake blood. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's actual like blood spraying when people get shot in these two episodes. Except for the kid, he didn't have any. He did not, correct. Yeah. But the uh, husband and wife did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first I saw that, I was like, oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, can we also agree that this flashback story kind of is in like its own weird universe? The vibe is slightly off from the normal vibe of a Walker episode. It's almost like we're in like someone's retelling of something. So it's not necessarily exactly how it happened. It's like an exaggerated thing. You know why you feel that way, right? Because it is. It's the crystallized transitions. That's why you feel that way. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There are no jarring zoom transitions. It's weird, gentle crystallization transitions. Yeah. uh, Yeah, sure. Anyways, I just want to throw that out there. I thought that was odd that they kind of had a lot of gore in this episode. Cape Wallace, he's shot down, and it seems like all hope is lost in the sweet town of Buckthorn. But don't worry, because uh, the next day, it would seem, <laughs> Hayes Cooper, your hero, rolls in, and uh, he sees Sarah, and she's like, you're not going to try to take him out alone? Cape Wallace just tried to do that. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> My plan is exactly the same as the guy who just got killed. Right. Again, yeah. <laughs> I would I would say the plan is in no world is Rudd Kilgore honorable, so just shoot him. I think that would be the most prudent thing, but, you know, yeah. Texas Ranger now, he's a law enforcement officer. Well, so. he's been on the job two days, so he can definitely do better than Cape Wallace. First off, he shakes down Silas Bedell and punches him in the face to let him know he's serious. He says, let everyone know that I'm in town and I'm going to bring everyone down. Silas Bedell's like, all right. And so he runs into the saloon, tells everyone Cooper's back in town. They thought Cooper was dead. He's not. So the game is afoot. And then, uh, you know, it does the hashtag one man army. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> you know, it. it's interesting because they consciously decided not to give him martial arts skills. So he's just brute force slugging people. And there's a lot of, what is it, flying ranger? <laughs> They're like, where is he? And he jumped through a window and busted out two bad guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That and he awesome. jumps down on yeah. top of people a lot. You know, yeah. there's a lot of that. Where is he? Oh, he was on the roof. Up on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> so Hayes Cooper, he's going through the town with all of Rudd Kilgore's gang after him. And he's been taking them out systematically. And he kind of wanders into this barn He's looking around to see if there's any Rudd Kilgore's men around. Yeah, at one point, he got some guy in the horse stall, and the horse is getting all fired up. Oh, right. That was kind of interesting. (laughs) And Hayes Cooper's hat fell on the ground. You guys notice every time he puts his hat on this episode, he does it really gingerly, so he doesn't mess up the wig. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. (laughs) Like, the strings are coming down, and he's, like, moving him without messing up the... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of got a Hayes Cooper haircut. Just got to put this hat on here. Bob's got the natural Hayes Cooper haircut, man. Might be a little long, but yeah, yeah. So, Hayes Cooper takes out the guy in the horse stall, and he's putting his hat back on, and we see a shot of Wayne Perret's character up on the top loft and he pulls a knife and it looks like he's about to jump down from the loft, which <laughs> we probably 
hurt, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a good like ten feet up. At least. <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a solid move. And he's <laughs> apparently he's gonna put the jump from this loft and stab Hayes Cooper. But right before he's about to do that, Hayes Cooper turns around with his pistol and shoots him dead. So smooth, so smooth. I was kind of hoping for a little more back and forth, but yeah, I didn't like the way he died but i did like right before he died his grimacing look and all that you like yeah it would have been <laughs> yeah. better if he jumped down missed and then gotten a little bit of a tussle but it was pretty cool that cooper just got him yeah his sixth sense definitely he's got that now that uh, all of uh kilgore's guys have been dispatched he then goes out into the street and decides to have an honorable drawdown with kilgore kilgore he comes out of his uh saloon slash office he made the ranger's office his headquarters. Yeah, he took over the sheriff's quarters. And he was actually napping earlier in a jail cell, which I thought was awesome. He was napping all the time. Every time you see him, he's just like <laughs> sprawled out. Just a lazy yeah. bastard. I'm like, come on. I know he's not a lazy man. He, he knows how power naps work. <laughs> he's always got his feet up. <laughs> Get to work. So he steps out into the street, and he's looking around for Cooper. And Cooper, Cooper's right behind him. He's like, hey, Kilgore. Right. And Kilgore's like, oh, he had the jump on me. He's behind me. It's like, damn, he's uncomfortably close to me. <laughs> he's breathing on my neck. And they, <laughs> they they both turn around and they know they're going to do a draw. And they have this conversation like walking in a circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Kilgore, you gonna you going to talk me to death? <laughs> Before they do the quick draw... Hayes Cooper has this weird flashback of all the people that Rudd Kilgore shot. And he oh, sees right. basically what the people who watched the episode saw, because it's just a recap of all these things. But for every single person that Kilgore shot, Cooper wasn't there for it. So he would never have seen any of those people die. Well, do you think it was him seeing it? Because it shows like extreme close up of uh, Hayes Cooper, Chuck Norris's eyes, and then extreme <laughs> close-up of Kilgore's eyes, and then they're showing these flashbacks of all the people that Kilgore killed over the two-part series, and then they show a shot of Sarah, his fiance, looking on like, oh, is he going to die? And then they go back and forth between this, and you're just like, oh, please, just shoot me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's break into this, because this might be one of the most interesting things. Was this Hayes Cooper's Native American abilities eye-to-eye telepathy what does trevette call it the comanche cherokee uh, cherokee skills yeah so finally they stop in the middle of the downtown strip and they draw down cooper shoots kilgore but uh you know kilgore is <laughs> kind of stunned that he was beat he was just shot in the arm and so he actually does a full body lunge to try to get his gun on cooper again but cooper he seals the deal with another shot and uh, yeah. it sends him sprawling onto the ground in a heap. Just as he's about to celebrate his win, Cooper doesn't realize that uh, Silas Bedeau's up on a balcony. With a rifle. Trained on him. And Sarah, just like in episode one, is like, Cooper, look out! And uh, Hayes <laughs> Cooper turns and bam! Shoots uh, Silas Bedeau off the balcony and Bob, he does your favorite thing, which uh. is... When you're up in the balcony and you get shot and you fall forward. 
so good. This <laughs> Every happened, time. This happens so often that we should, we, there's got to be a, a nickname for this. Well, <laughs> well, but if you get, all right, so if you get the shot. The doodle. <laughs> like, if like, you got know, shot below the belt, right, because it'd be below your center of gravity, it could spin you forward. Sure. So if you get shot in like the <laughs> knee, then maybe, but even then you get another leg. It It just doesn't make any sense, but I just love it so much. What would be a good name for this? How can we describe this? Falling forward. Yeah, uh, that's that's simple, but it's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's true. Like, if the show's going to lean into the fact that if you get shot, you go flying backwards, which apparently is also not true. Um, right. They need to make up their minds. You know, if you get shot and go flying backwards when you're standing on the ground, that's one thing. But you shouldn't get shot and then fly forwards if you're on a balcony. But Dude, on these I, shows, are you kidding that me? is... Those are I mean, the physics. Please. It's, it's the physics just, of Walker, Texas Ranger. And you know, I'm not, not complaining. Yeah, it's not just a show either. I mean, this is a thing that happens in movies forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. um, now, were you guys upset they didn't do the scream? They should have done the scream. Oh, the Wilhelm oh, scream yeah. would have been. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Um, but all right. So now this is kind of a weird segment because the bad guy's been conquered. They save the day, and all the townspeople just like come out and are like, "Yay!" And they start, like, just walking around the town like it's normal, just walking around Kilgore's dead body in the middle of downtown, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, think of how many other people have been shot dead in the street in that town, like, the last week. <laughs> then Hayes Cooper goes over and sees Sarah, right? And this interaction is has never happened in the history of the human race. Amazing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what happens here? <laughs> She's like, well, I... Guess there's no way that you're going to ever settle down, huh? And he proposed to her in the last episode. They're, yeah, they're like, engaged. Like four, four days before, right? Right. They were building a house and a life together. <laughs> right. It's like, well, I guess you're never going to settle down, huh? And he's like, I guess not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <leaves. laughs> it's like, peace, I'm out. Right. It's yeah. like, well, my boss is. My my boss just died in the street a day ago. Uh, I don't really have a job. And, uh, you know, I've got land here in town, a fiance here in town, and the person who was trying to kill me is dead now. So, uh, I'm out. I, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, but the weird part is, then they hold hands and walk down the street towards the dead <laughs> right. body of Kilgore. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to go go through his pockets, you know, take his gun and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get that. Maybe yeah. cut off his scrotum. Okay. I mean, it'll be the trigger finger, <laughs> no. if anything, but yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe cut <laughs> off his trigger finger. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, then we flash back to the, quote-unquote, present day, late 90s. <laughs> it, with uh, Chuck Norris and a bunch of kids at the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame. And this is another one of those crystallized transitions, which is apparently a sketch that Hayes Cooper did. But this would be a sketch... That is an aerial shot of the town with Hayes Cooper riding out of it. So I don't know exactly how he drew that, unless it was more like an abstraction. He's, he's creative. I mean, he really saw outside of the box. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, Walker's all like, well, they say he was the last of a breed. And that's why he was a Texas Ranger. And he's in the Hall of Fame. At the end of the episode, Hayes Cooper is burying... Cabe Wallace. And he goes, you are a last of the breed or something like that. And we're like, oh, that's why this episode's called this. Mm -hmm. But he's really not because Hayes Cooper 
is now a Texas Ranger. Right. He's the last of the breed, according to Walker. Oh, but then okay. little Timmy or whatever his name is, is like, my dad says he's heard of you. And he says, you're the last of a breed. <laughs> and it's like the kids had never heard Walker say that like two seconds prior. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad they really tied the name of the episode up in the last two minutes of the episode. Yeah. With a bow, man. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. You know, so, like, well, I guess our field trip's over. Uh, why don't you guys all go truck. file out and uh, line up in the bed of my truck? I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> I don't have time to stop, so you're going to have to jump out at your place <laughs> as we roll by. Tuck and roll. And he, uh, tuck and roll. <laughs> so he goes and uh, puts his journal back. Uh, puts the journal back and he's looking at the photos on the wall and oh, it's God, like God, the, no. the photo the photo I'm the photo of uh, Hayes Cooper is the photo of basically Chuck Norris yeah. and it's like why wouldn't the kids be like you know you hey look that looks exactly like, like you yeah. and did they have like cameras back then I guess they did but yeah, the yeah, kind of cameras we had to stand there for ten minutes while the, while yeah. the photo yeah. processed. <laughs> but they look like perfect photos of like oh, really good. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're black and white. Well done. They're black and white. Hayes Cooper and Cape Wallace right next to him, right? His mentor, and so they all file out, and then the camera stays, and we're like, "What's going on?" <laughs> no, it it gave me enough time to be like, "Wait, why didn't the kids notice that?" It's a picture of Chuck Norris. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and just when I'm thinking how stupid that was, <laughs> there's a voiceover, and it. I was confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's a voiceover of Chuck Norris saying... <laughs> the camera's trained on the photo of Hayes Cooper when this happens. Yeah, saying, boy, he's got a shot of making it. Hey, Cabe... And then we see a shot of the photo of Cabe Wallace, and he's like, yeah, Coop, he's got all the makings. <laughs> and at which point I realized, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> These photos can talk, and they're talking to each other. <laughs> what is happening? This Hall of Fame is haunted. <laughs> Very much so. Oh, man. We need to get Michael Priest back on here. I got some questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, at what point were you like, you know what? We could just wrap this up, but let's have the pictures talk to each other. I mean, I think Michael Priest would say, "Hey, I just shot this." You know, oh, I'm sure. No, he would say, "I don't remember that at all." And I don't know like, who I wrote it. But... You to. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. He's like, "This is the hand I was dealt." Yeah, yes. yeah exactly. So, <laughs> oh man, well, amazing. <laughs> On that extremely hokey note, that sums up this episode. And uh, we'd love to give a shout out to our friend and collaborator, Adam Lauritsen, who's been drawing the incredible walkerstrations on our social media. Be sure to check out his other art on Instagram at AdamEdgeNationRunAmuck. When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate Last of a Breed Part 2 on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face, resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking, the complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. Previously on Roundhouse Roulette. Welcome to the Roundhouse Roulette Hall of Fame podcast, listener. Here tell the origin story of this very podcast. The year is 2004. The place, Bob's dank UMass Lowell dorm room. Come in. Hey, Bob, meet my brother Evan, who's visiting campus with his Walker, Texas Ranger DVD collection. 
Adam doesn't have any friends. Uh, well, uh, uh, do you want to watch Walker? Does a white buffalo statue shed tears? I think twice before being Adam's friend, you won't be able to wash off the social stank. Evan, I've had enough. My DVD player. How are we going to watch Walker now? Coming up next, the stunning conclusion to last week's advertisement. Find out how we mended our wounds and came together to deliver the light of Walker, Texas Ranger to the world. Meanwhile, if you listeners would like to join us in our mission, please share the podcast with a friend or leave us a kind review wherever you get your podcasts. Likewise, if you'd like to help us keep the lights on here at the Hall of Fame, check out our shirts, posters, and freshly cleaned vintage action figures at roundhouseroulette.com or join the fun and become a ranger on our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening. Now let's jump back into the story. Evan, I'm sorry I hit you, man. Violence is never appropriate, and you're my brother. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I tried to sabotage your friendship with Bob. I just thought you wouldn't need me anymore. Hey, guys. I was able to re-solder my DVD player back together in the tech shop. We can watch Walker beat the pulp out of bad guys until the cows come home. That's great, Bob, but we just learned a valuable lesson here. Balance is never appropriate. Yeah, man, I'm afraid we can't watch Walker Texas Ranger anymore. Uh, guys, everybody knows that violence is bad. Except when dispersed by a one Chuck Norris. Oh, man. I guess we're in the clear. Let's get this Walker party started. And there you have it. Thank you for visiting the Roundhouse Roulette Hall of Fame. Let's get you back to the show. (sighs) Well, I wasn't sure how that one was really going to end, but we got there. Yeah. And so did you, listener. Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was pretty harsh on the last one. I don't have any regrets about that um (laughs) i'm pretty disappointed in this episode one i was really hoping we get the conclusion of silas bedeau and we'd learn more about why he was holding a snake in the first episode what is that why is that where did his accent come from (laughs) who is he but he just gets punched in the face and then shot off a balcony in this episode which epic but come on now I've learned nothing here. Look, Silas Bedeau was the reason why the first episode was terrible, Evan, that, that they focused on him. Mm, no. <laughs> the first episode was terrible because the stat line was abysmal. And the stat line is abysmal in this episode as well. <laughs> Read us the stats for this episode so we get a little benchmark here. Okay. Zero roundhouse kicks, zero explosions, zero vehicle chases, including horse chases. And uh, one fight? So, yeah, not cool. I don't count gunfights as fights. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, stat line is basically the same as the last episode. I will say the villains were better in this. There was some acting that was pretty cool. And that's about all I can say about it. (laughs) What did I give it last time? A two? (laughs) Exactly. You gave it a two last time. All right. So, I give this one a three. Again, I think I'm being generous there. Yeah, last one, there was no Walker in it, and none of the reasons we watch Walker were present. I will say there was a lot more action in this episode. Hayes Cooper had more fire to go after the bad guys, and the bad guys were menacing. But it just wasn't on par with the normal Walker Texas Ranger episode, because we're in this weird flashback Western thing, and they didn't even really do anything that creative with the Western environment. It was just kind of like paint-by-numbers tropes, if that. A lot of it was just like them standing next to each other. 
Yeah, all the things that make Walker, Texas Ranger, Walker, Texas Ranger. It's like, okay, he's a 60-year-old guy that is a Texas Ranger and does like flying roundhouse kicks for some reason. And they took all of that and eliminated it. And instead, they just put Chuck Norris in a scene like slugging people with his fists. There was like no hint of anything that makes Walker, Texas Ranger completely insane and unique (laughs) yeah so i mean if i had to watch part one or part two just watch part two i do feel like there were at least some ridiculous things in this like the pictures talking to each other at the end of the episode so weird (laughs) and like the epic nature with which cave wallace presented us with the texas ranger badge ridiculous chuck norris jumped through two windows or his stunt double kenny did there was some stuff in here. I'm going to move this up one point to a two. I got the last one out of three, and I'm going to keep this right out of three. Because while it was better, it had every it opportunity to be so much better. Oh, totally. <laughs> and they had all the ingredients. Like, the bad guys are great. It was just like, they were like doing a, a plot about a mortgage. Yeah. The only ingredient they need is Chuck Norris. The guy's a karate master. Well, <laughs> have him do karate. He's not an acting master. Also, they had Marshall Teague. Marshall Teague sparred with Patrick Swayze. Marshall Teague sparred with Chuck Norris in a previous episode. But instead, they do a stupid gunfight and die. That's, oh, no. It's a waste. It's I'm a total with, waste. I'm fine with them not doing karate, but they could have shot a few guns into like a dynamite barrel and blew that up. That would have been cool. They could have actually had. <laughs> Uh, like a more streamlined plot. I don't All know. right, now how much more amazing would this episode have been if, in the final showdown, Hayes Cooper throws down his gun and says, "Let's do this hand to hand," and out of nowhere, they both inexplicably know karate. <laughs> yeah, then this, this, then we're talking. We're talking in the tens here. We're getting up there. Yeah, yeah, we're moving to a to a seven at least because that would just <laughs> yeah. be absurd. Like the last nobody, 10 nobody minutes are just arts. like a hand-to-hand fight. I mean, they asked us to suspend disbelief when the pictures started talking to each other. So why not? Or when the fiance was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll never <laughs> see you again. <laughs> right. I lost my first husband to, uh, to tuberculosis. And I lost my second to no apparent reason. To the Texas Rangers. <laughs> to his job. Really. <laughs> to his badge. Yeah, lo- yeah, I lost her to the badge. <laughs> Well, that gives this episode a roundhouse rating of 2.666 boots to the face. Ah! And, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that Walker has all the makings <laughs> of a member of the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame. But in the meantime, let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll be spinning that roundhouse roulette wheel and selecting our next epi. Don't go away. Welcome back. Bob, you ready to spin that imaginary wheel? Oh, so ready. Season 4, episode 22, Deadline. Ooh, that smells like a season finale. That's, that sounds legit. <laughs> Proposing to disband the Rangers as a cost-saving measure, a state senator refuses their aid when his daughter is abducted by jewel thief-turned-kidnapper Lyle Eckert. Portrayed by Robert England. Nice. <laughs> A.K.A. Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. It seems so complicated. Jewel thief 
turned kidnapper. <laughs> I like it. We get Freddy Krueger on Walker. I mean, yeah, come I'm on happy. now. I'm happy. All right. Well, join us next time when we share our reactions to season four, episode 22, Deadline. <laughs> in the meantime share your opinions with us on facebook and on instagram at at roundhouse roulette and on twitter at at roundhouse pod thanks for listening and until next time may, may the, the eyes of the ranger, ranger, ranger be upon, upon you when you're in texas look behind you oh cause that's where the ranger's gonna be